Well, one of the things that I highly recommend is that you forgive yourself for some past mistakes that you've made, because oftentimes when we get in our head like that, we're thinking about something that we did in the past or some kind of failure that we had in the past. Welcome, welcome, welcome. I'm your host, Deirdre Martin, and this is the Master Your Business Show, where we aim to give you, our entrepreneurs and listeners, the tools you need to take your business to the next level. So, folks, buckle up, get ready to take some notes, because today's guest seriously is going to drop some absolute gems. With us today is the incredible Inga Face and Cavett, also known as Inga Faye, the authenticity strategist. This woman has made a journey many only dream about. After more than 20 years in the hard hat world of chemical plants as a mechanical engineer with a side hustle as a direct marketer, Inga Faye traded her safety goggles for her entrepreneurial spirit following her dream life. That dream was fueled by faith, family, freedom, flexibility, and of course, a dash of fitness. Now, not all heroes wear capes, folks. <laughs> Some are busy helping introverted entrepreneurs like you and me to skyrocket to top earner positions. Inga Fay has this magical knack for showing us how to build authentic relationships that treat people like actual humans. Who knew, right? She's here to help us hustle past our fears, grow into our destined identities and excel to be a blessing to others. That's the sort of power-packed growth we're all about here on the Master Your Business Show. In today's episode, we're going to delve into an underutilized tool for cold outreach. Yep, you heard me, cold outreach. And that tool is surveys. And yes, again, you heard that right, surveys. With Inga Faye's help, we'll show you how to make those surveys your secret weapon. She's here with three golden tips. We're going to learn, number one, how to set yourself up for success by eliminating any negative self-talk. It's all about that positivity. Two, we're going to talk about building relationships. And I'm talking seeing people as more than just a number, because let's face it, we're all more than just a statistic or a number or a formula in a spreadsheet. And three, we're going to explore the art of nurturing to convert because a well-watered garden always blossoms. So whether you're an introverted entrepreneur, ready to soar, or just someone looking for ways to better connect with your customers, you're going to want to stick around for this one. This show is for you. This episode is for you. So let's jump right into it. And just before we do, before we take that final leap, let me remind you, if you find this show to be of value, if you enjoy listening, please rate or review it wherever you are and even do me one better. Take where you're listening to it right now and share it with somebody else who you know is an introvert, who you know is in business, who you know struggles to make that first step and ask for, you know, a relationship to start, a connection to get going. This show is for them. I promise you, they will thank you for it. So click the share button, send it to your business bestie, whoever that introverted person might be, they will thank you for it. Okay, so now let's dive in. Inga, oh my gosh, I am so, so happy to have you on the show today. You're very welcome. 
Yes, I'm excited to be here. Yes, it is a pleasure to be with you again. I know we have connected several times and I always feel so good when I talk to you. You, you, you are an encourager and you definitely make me feel good. So I, I love being around those types of people. So thanks for having me. Well, I can honestly say that goes two ways. So yes, amazing <laughs> to have you here. Amazing to have you in my circle. And we connected on LinkedIn, what, like a year or two yep. years ago and just struck yep. up a conversation and a friendship, a collaborations and whatnot. But Inga, exactly. okay, so I know you a bit, right? But for those who are listening or watching, please, please tell us about you, who you are, where you're from, what you do, all of the things, please go for it. Awesome. Well, my name is Inga Faison-Cavett. I go by Inga Fay. I'm an authenticity strategist um, that works with female entrepreneurs with introverted tendencies. I'm here in the United States. I live in Alabama, uh, right on the Gulf Coast, about two hours east of New Orleans. I know most people, when I say New Orleans, they're like, oh, I know where New Orleans is. So yeah, not too far from there. And I just really just serve people and help them rock their innate gifts and their innate uh, God-given attributes and just really help them build a business that they can be proud of and use growth strategies that resonate with who they are as a person. I know um, I am from a direct sales background. I've been in direct sales for over 19 years. And I know building my business over that time, I always felt like I had to be this outgoing extrovert to be successful because that's who I saw being successful. But what I have realized is it's really important to do things that resonate with you, that make you feel good, that will help you really just grow and, and sparkle as a person. Because when you have that energy about you, that you're really doing something that you feel good about, that you're going to attract your people to you. And I really think that energy is very important to have. Because when you don't do something that resonates with you, you're just kind of like, oh, this doesn't feel too good. And you're kind of you're having more of a, uh, a negative type energy where you're repelling people. But if you're doing stuff that does resonate with you, you have that positive energy that's really um, going to bring your people to you. Yes, that makes total sense. And one of the things that, that really strikes me there is, well, there's several actually, um, but one is about you know how help, helping people to with growth strategies that connect with who they are because yes and I know that some of what you do Inga is you know you help people with who are introverted who maybe have a very loud inner critic potentially oh, yeah. that can stop them from doing the things that are going to make them money so right. can, can you talk a little bit more or delve into some some of what that looks like for people and you know how does it manifest how does it look and it's not just women either it's it's men too feel this right. way because it's oh. that ugh, ugh feeling when it comes to like selling sometimes so share more please more words yes yeah. so just as a person that has um, been building a business for like i said over 19 years some of the things that i felt like i had to do was because my mentors or my coaches were telling me to do things that resonated with them and I think the biggest takeaway that I can hopefully can share with you guys that if you have somebody that's on your team, that's maybe a part of your support staff or anything like that, that you really help them understand the importance of doing things that resonate with them. Because at the end of the day, you want the, the result. 
you don't really care how they get there. Or at least I hope you don't care how they get there and you're not trying to micromanage somebody, but you, you want them to get their desired result. So as an introvert, what I found is that introverts are outgoing with people that they know. They are very passionate about um, their product or their service that they're selling. It's normally the cold outreach that they really struggle with. And because they are not that type of person that's just going to walk up to somebody and just start a conversation. Now, I can tell you that I have done that in the past, and it took so much energy for me to do that because it was something that I don't know that I don't normally want to do. So I would spend all of this energy trying to talk to that one person that may not even be in my target market. And then after I did that, once I got the person in my space, it was like all of my energy was drained because it took me so much just to go talk to them. And at the end of the day, we don't want to we don't want to run our business like that because once we find our person, for us to make the money or you know connect with the person or build that authentic relationship, we got to have the energy to do that on the back end. But if we're spending all of this energy on the front end just to say, hey, how you doing? My name is Inka. (laughs) (laughs) Then we won't have that back end energy. So one of the things that I have found that really works, that has worked for me and has worked for my fellow clients and downline as well, is what I call the perfect icebreaker for introverts. And it's surveys. And surveys allow introverts to feel real to build an authentic connection and then be able to talk about their product or service based on what the person has said in the survey. So it's kind of like allowing them to pre-qualify their prospects and their leads before they they even talk to them. Because then as an introvert, we're like, okay, yeah, I'm outgoing, like I said initially, with people that I know. But when when I get this survey, it tells me, oh, she is my person. So I don't have to try to manipulate her or convince her that my product or service is just wonderful because she's already somebody that's looking for what I have. And as a result of that, as an introvert, it's going to make it easier for me to talk about the products, ask her about her problems and her woes, even some of the things that she absolutely loves so I can give her the best of both worlds, solve her problems, give it a little bit of what she loves, and then wrap it up in a bow and give her that 10x customer service that I know that I can give to her and I know that she desires. So she can be days glazed in the maze by me and want to then share me with her friends and then want to buy from me again because of that experience. So how do you get people to take this survey in the first place? Because if they're coming to you qualified, what's step number one to get them there? If they're coming to, well, the, the survey is to, is to qualify them. So the so survey is the first step. How do you get them to take the, how do you ask, you just ask, you ask them. The survey, the survey methods that I use can be used in person. They can be used online. They can be used in an email because they are in a, they're in a form that allows you to use them in any situation. So for instance, if you are in an in-person networking event, you could talk to somebody, you know, just talking to them, getting to know them as a person, similar to what I had mentioned initially, is that you're going to treat people like people and not numbers. Because oftentimes, even if you're not in direct sales, you'll see somebody and say, oh, I'm supposed to talk to five people today. 
not really taking in consideration if you're going to get to know this person as a person. You're just seeing them, oh, well, this is number one. <laughs> this person right here is my number one. And that person feels that energy that you're really not interested in them as a person. You're just trying to sell them something. So what I would say, like you're in a networking event, typically what we do a lot is we have these virtual networking events. That's what we've been doing ever since all of this happened with us three years ago with COVID. So you're meeting somebody, you're interacting with them. They seem cool and you exchange information and you ask them, oh, by the way, I'm doing some product research. Are you, would you be interested in filling out a survey for me? And then they would say yay or nay. And then based on that, you would go and give it to them. And that's how you basically would do it. So you ask, you, you treat them like a human and just merely ask them how they would do it. So that that's exactly how you would figure out what you want. Well, that's how you would get the that's how you would get them to do the survey is just to ask them. Amazing. And it's so simple, but like sometimes asking that question, that's the part that people are missing when it comes to trying to get people to enter onto a journey with them. Do you think? Right, right. For sure. For sure. So the, that ask could be in a variety of different me mechanisms that you could use. So it just depends on how, what resonates with you and, um, what feels good to you. And then you use that method to talk to them. So okay. you just ask. Okay. And asking doesn't have to be hard, right? No, um, asking does not have to be hard. Not at all. So somebody fills out this survey. How, like, how long is the survey? How many questions do you put in there? Is there a right or a wrong format? What should they do? What, what are the tips you've got around using this framework, your icebreaker? I mean, you're basically asking them questions about what you want to know about, what, what about your product or service. You're trying to identify them as somebody that could potentially use your product or service. So whatever your product or service is and whatever problems that particular product or service solves, those are the type of questions that you're going to ask them. Um, and then based on their answers, you'll be able to determine, okay, this person is, is for me, this person is not for me. Um, so it's, I mean, it, it really is that. You have, you have a series of questions that you would ask them that you wouldn't want to just ask them, just write out, okay, but you're not interviewing somebody. Okay, so what's your name? It's not like one of those, what's your name? And that kind of thing. You're, you're really trying to find out what it is, or if they do have a problem that you can solve with your product or service. Okay, and let's say then that they do, and you know they're a good fit. What what is the next stage that you encourage people to follow? Like how how do they go from somebody's completed a survey into you're having a call with them or they're becoming a client? Right. So so this is where this is where it's kind of a three step process. What I incorporate in the survey process and really in my coaching as well. So when you first start out, and I know this from experience that as introverts we we don't like to talk to people for whatever reason, because we're introverted and we wanna to talk to people that we know. So one of the first things that we do is to help you overcome, well, really cultivate is what I'll say, a rich environment. And a rich environment is one where you're eliminating self-talk and that you're able to let go of the imposter syndrome. So we're, oftentimes we don't wanna ask people a question because we're afraid of what the answer is gonna be. 
So I want, we're going to go in with a neutral mind that this person is, could be our person. They may not be our person, but whatever it comes out to be, it's going to be okay. And that's why we're asking the question to determine if that is, if that person is our person. Then the next thing that we're going to do is build a genuine relationship with the person. So it's not just all about product or service that you're going about. You're, you're getting to know the person as a person. So those survey questions are going to allow you to do that. So you're not only just finding out about their woes and what they'd like, but you're also getting to know them as a person. So you can cultivate that relationship. And then the next step would be what I call nurture to convert. So you're nurturing the relationship, you're interacting with the customer, potential customer, they become a part of your community. And as a result of that, you're able to nurture them. So when they are ready to take that next step, that they, they would be willing to take that next step with you. So you're staying top of mind with them. Um, you're also interacting with them, getting to know them. Um, you're building a relationship with them where they can feel like, oh, I know, like, and trust, you know, because that's very important. People want to buy products or services from people that they like, know, and trust. <laughs> yes. So you're doing all of that in the midst of that, and you're able to do that by the by initiating all of this with the survey. Amazing. Amazing. Okay. Let me see how I got these three steps right. Because, you know, for people who listen, I always like to recap to make sure we've summarized everything. So we're talking about step one is eliminate that self-talk and get rid of the imposter syndrome. Imposter syndrome, which I call build that rich environment. So you're building a rich environment that's going to allow you to step out of your comfort zone and do some things that you're not normally used to doing. So you're setting yourself up for success. Yes. Yes. Number two is build a relationship. So you get to know the person and yep. not just the number. It's the person, right? Yes, exactly. And step three is nurture to convert. I love yes. this. I love this. I love simple frameworks, Inga, because yes. they work. Um, okay, so let's talk, if we can, a little bit, if we can dive more into those, because if that's okay with you, because that self-talk, right? some days and and I didn't realize I was an introvert until the pandemic and you know I was mm. at home and then I'm like you know networking events now and I'm freaking out I'm like the thoughts of going I don't want to leave my house but right. when I get there I'm okay but I need to come away I think I'm like an omnivert or ambivert whichever one it is but so yeah it takes me a huge amount of energy to go but I never realized that before and so that self-talk I get in my head, what kind of suggestions do you have to like get out your head and set yourself up for success? Well, one of the things that I highly recommend is that you, you forgive yourself for some past mistakes that you've made, because oftentimes when we get in our head like that, we're thinking about something that we did in the past or mm -hmm. some kind of failure that we had in the past. So to really just really better understand that those failures are what we are going to help us reach to the success that we want and that it's truly feedback. That's what you should deem the, uh, the failures are. And that was something that really took me a while to, to master because I don't know, I was always seen as failure was bad. You know, you got a bad grade on a test and then you just have fits because, you know, you're, you're working to get 
you know, at least a B, B average on whatever you're doing. Um, and in some cases, people are working to get straight A's. So when you have that failure, it just like rocks you to the core and it seems as a bad thing. But at the, what I realized is that failure is not bad. Failure is feedback. And that feedback is what's going to get you to success. So it's, it's better to think of failure as fast, failing as fast as you can so you can reach that success faster. So thinking as failure as a stepping stone and you're trying to really run up those steps so you can have that master success at the top of the uh, staircase. So that was one of the mind shifts that I would have to, that I wanted to think about. And I encourage others to think about too, is swapping out the fact that you think that the fear and the failure is a bad thing, that in actuality is a good thing that's going to help you grow into the person that you are destined to become. So I, I would, I, um, that was one of the big things that I would definitely recommend that people do. I love that. And get reframing the failure part. And you're probably right, like, you're right. You know, and there's no probably about it. You are right. <laughs> it is probably yeah. something that's happened before that's like, Ugh! Uh, when it comes to going to these things and I'm perfect online I have no fear online but it's in person so yeah yeah so this is for me I've got to fail use failure as a stepping stone I love it okay and so with the building relationships so we've kind of talked about that part that's the survey part right and really asking the right questions in the survey And so the third part was nurturing to convert will you dive a little bit deeper into how you do that? Like, is there a time frame on the process? Do you have steps around that? What do you suggest? Well, the, it's it's not really a time frame because it's customized based on the person. So I can't say well, Susie Q may move faster than Billy Bob. Okay, when it comes <laughs> to determining who's going to decide that they're ready to buy from you, of course. And it's really just it's just really allowing people to do it when they're ready. I think so many times that, especially when you're first starting out in business, you're so focused on getting the sale today, but the today may not be when the sale comes. And that's why it's so important to making sure that you're always doing that networking, that you're always meeting new people and that you have this big funnel of people that you're talking to. And then as people fall out of the bottom, it's, it's a consistent fallout because you're constantly feeling the top. Mm-hmm. So that's why I would strongly recommend that people are constantly networking. People are constantly doing uh, one-on-ones where they're getting to know people. People are constantly doing collaborations where they um, cultivate relationships where they continue to be, they can be referral partners because they really know what the person does and how they serve the person. And even some of the the products that they have. So if somebody needs something, you can say, oh, I know that Deidre is all about storytelling and she's going to help you get your brand and your marketing on point. She would be the one that I would recommend for you. Now, granted, this is out of my wheelhouse, but I know that Deidre would take care of you. So having that kind of thing, that's what kind of, um, that's that's what's really going to help you build that momentum on your business to, to do that. So being willing to, to see it that way, that it's a journey and not a sprint that this is not going to happen overnight, that you have to put your time in and do diligence in and do things consistently over a period of time to then see the result. So how long is it going to take? I'm really going to say it depends. It's going to yeah. depend on your client. It's going to depend on 
really on you. Are you going to be that person that's going to be consistently going out there and meeting people on a regular basis and building those relationships so you can find referral partners, so you can find power partners, so you can do collaborations and be able to share your audience with your, your fellow uh, person that you really resonate with so you guys can grow together because entrepreneurship is a team sport for sure. Oh yeah, so true. And what's that? I said this saying to somebody yesterday as a rising tide lifts all boats. Right, that's yeah, right. That's exactly what it is, is bringing people along with you. I've got a client who says that all the time and it so resonates with me. But yeah, and like, I, I totally get your point around time frame. but this is a question I get asked a lot, Inga. And it's not like, you know, how quickly is it to close the sale? It's more so around how quickly should I follow up with somebody because I don't want to seem desperate. <laughs> you right. know? So right. like if you meet somebody at a networking event online or in person, is there like a, you know, is it when are you next free? Or is it like, I'll call you in two weeks because they're like, oh, I don't want to I don't want to set that up. What do you recommend for that sort of thing? I think you should just ask them because, you, you know, you're not going to know until you just ask the person because it may, like, again, what I said before, it may work for Susie Q, but it may be something altogether different for Stacy. She's not, she's not on the same time frame. Maybe she's working on something big right now. She wouldn't be able to talk to you maybe in about three months. Um, mm -hmm. But you, you should make sure that you're just asking them. And, and then that way you don't have to assume when the right time is because you ask them when the right time will be. That makes For so sure. much sense. Yeah. And I think I think probably there's maybe sometimes not necessarily a fear, but actually probably a culture, particularly in Ireland, where sometimes we feel like if we're asking people to do anything, you know, we don't like to ask people to do anything here. <laughs> um, mm. and, and I see this even with some friends and family, you know, some of my closest friends, they'll never ask me for anything. And I'm like, you know, how can I help you? Let me do something to help you if they've got right. small kids or whatever. But it's, you know, they'll never ask, even though you can see that they need the help. You right. know what I mean? And so not that that's necessarily the case for people with products, because, you know, the product is the solution, but it's maybe right. asking somebody for the right product to solve their problem. So it's that asking is actually a major hurdle, I think, for people, particularly hearing that. Right, right. Well, again, you're, you, you're asking is to help be of service to them. And when you think about it in the light of that you're serving them, mm -hmm. I think it feels better. It's one thing to ask it because you want to get the sale, but you're genuinely, your heart is to serve. And if you have a heart of service, I think it's going to come across as being a heart of service, that that's what you truly want to do. Um, and, you know, as always, practice makes improvement. So the more that you do it, I think the better you're going to feel about it, too, that you're going to build that uh, courage muscle that you can actually ask. But you got to continuously do that to get that courage muscle up and working for you. Here, here. I couldn't agree more. And I love that mentality about service as well. Um, that that totally resonates with me. And I know for you, Inga, right, because you are somebody who is so much of service. Every time I've met you on Zoom, you're always trying to help me and offer me little tips and advice and things like that that have been really, really incredibly useful for me. And yeah. I know that's a lot about what you do in terms of nurturing people and and um you know, 
building those relationships that we've been talking about today. But, you know, sometimes and, and the challenge I've experienced with people is where to go to find their people, you know? So like we talked about a networking event, but which networking events should they choose to find the people that they can eventually go on to serve? Like how, what tips do you have around that? Because I know you like you are in a lot of networks with, you know, how do you find them? How do you decide which ones to stay in? Which ones serve you? Right. Well, I think it comes down to you knowing what your target market is and your niche and knowing where your folks hang out. Because once you know where they hang out, then that can determine where you want to, what kind of networking events you want to attend. So I'll give you an example. Um, I serve women entrepreneurs with introverted tendencies. So once I did, once I developed that niche, I started really evaluating, okay, so what event should I be attending? One of the, t before COVID, I was attending a lot of local events for our local chambers. Now, granted, these chambers have men and women, okay? I don't really serve men, but then I, it came a point, well, do I, is that really the place for me? If my target market is really women, do I need to go to a, a co-ed type of event or do I need to go to more of an event that is sponsored um, by women and that the majority of the people that are gonna be there are women. So that, that I, get, I hope that kind of gives you a little sense of kind of what to think about. Once you decide who your niche is, then you need to just figure out where does my people hang out? Where do they hang out? And then go where they hang out. So mm -hmm. you can grow when you're doing networking, you're doing it intentionally with those people. And then you can then use a survey to pre-qualify the people because just because they're showing up doesn't mean that they are your person. But then you can add, you know, that would be your way to really filter down to let you know, okay, these are my people. So it's mm -hmm. it's the the funnel is not as big as it once was because we all know everybody is not our customer, that we mm -hmm. do need to have that niche. And when we have that niche, that's going to help us decide exactly where we need to go to network. Amazing. Amazing. Inga, I could talk to you all day and like keep asking you questions and dive, but I think we would end up then far too many rabbit holes. So let's just um, put a pin in it here and potentially let's bookmark you to come back to talk about something, uh, something along those lines in more detail sure. in the future. So Inga, I want to know what's coming up for you in the next six months and uh, where can people find you? Well, people can find me um, definitely on my website. It's ingafay.com. Um, I have all of my um, DIY course that I have that I told you, why well, I don't think I told you about, but really briefly, I have a DIY course called Savvy Survey System, which basically helps you create a survey in less than an hour that you can send out to the world and find your people after you know who your niche is. So that information is on my uh, website website at ingafay.com. Um, in addition to that, I also have a survey guide that will guide you on actually how to create a survey if you're not ready to invest in the DIY course. So you'll have, um, it won't be as quick because the DIY course is really going to cut the learning curve and just really make sure that you know how to do this in an hour or less the guide is going to help you kind of think through how you could create it yourself. Um, it's going to take you a little bit more time on how to do that because you got to kind of figure out the, the ins and the outs that I, I tell you exactly how to get around 
in the in the um, system, but you got to do what works for you. So then you have those two choices. And then last, but definitely not least, I do have a coaching program for those people that really want to take their business to the next level and use their the growth strategies that really resonates with them so they can uh, be that top earner if that's their desire. So the coaching uh, program is two offerings. You can do a group coaching session or a one-on-one -on -one session, and that's called Relationship Accelerator. Similar to what we had talked about earlier today, treating people like humans and not numbers. So if you're interested in that, again, that is on my website as well. You can click on the Accelerator tab. So those are the things that I got in my, that are going, I'm, I'm actively growing both of those um, programs and allowing people to just fall in place where they feel comfortable based on where they are and what they want to do in their business. Amazing. Folks, you've got to go and check out Inga's website and definitely, definitely, definitely get your free survey guide no matter what. Um, I yes. can assure you there's going to be tons of value in there for you. Yes. And it's an amazing way to really gently get in front of your ideal customers. And those three tips that Inga shared are invaluable. So I hope you had your pen and paper ready. And if not, Fear not, because all of the details, including all of Inga's links, are going to be in the show notes. So head over to the show notes, wherever you're listening or streaming from or watching from, as the case may be, and uh, check out Inga's details. Inga, it's been a pleasure to chat with you, as it always is. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me, Deidre. Well, that was something, wasn't it, folks? I knew Inga Faye would deliver, but she went above and beyond, just like she does in every aspect of her life. Inga, thank you for sharing your time, wisdom, and authenticity with us today. You've shown us how to utilize surveys, not as the impersonal fact collectors that they might historically have been known as, but as genuine tools that can be used to build genuine connections. It's not every day we get to learn how to replace negative self-talk with success-oriented language either, or to see people not as numbers, but as fellow human beings with their own dreams and fears. And it's a nice reminder that nurturing is as powerful as it is when it comes to converting opportunities into actual results. It just goes to show as entrepreneurs, we can always find new meaningful ways to interact with our audience. So folks, take Ingafe's tips, make them your own and watch your business grow and succeed. As always, I'm Deirdre Martin and it's been an absolute pleasure hosting the Master Your Business show. Thanks again to our amazing guest Ingafe for joining us today and providing us with some absolutely incredible insights. And thank you, dear listeners, for tuning in. We couldn't do this without you. Make sure to join us next time for another deep dive into strategies, tips, and stories that will help you master your business. And until then, keep mastering your business through one authentic relationship at a time. Bye for now.